long last, not even in a galaxy far, far away, but right here in a podcast brought to you by Super Nerds, we have arrived at the final film in the original Star Wars trilogy. Welcome to Behind the Timeline. My name is Scott. I am your co-host. With me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Lindsay. What's up, nerds? What's up, nerds? Uh, and speaking of nerds, I have my very, very good friend, Chris, who is back from his stint with, Re, uh, what was it? Empire Strikes Back. He joined us, and he's joining us again to clear out the <sighs> the original trilogy with us. Chris, thank you so much for, for joining. Yeah, of course. You said I'd get the key to the lock from the basement so I can leave after this, right? Yeah, it's all right. We'll, we'll talk about that later. I don't okay. know if took your muzzle off already, but it's whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited because this is, this is a huge deal to me. These were, these were movies I grew up with and actually already completing the trilogy while being in the middle of falling in love with wheel of time and having My favorite so words many, to hear. Do I am seriously just, Oh God damn it. When we record the episode five review, I just get ready. But it, this this was a huge deal to everybody when this came out. This was the end of this phenomenal movie movement. Not even just like this trilogy of movie. It was a full-on movement by this point. And like and you'll see it when I when we go over the um kind of the historical context. Literally one of the first things is Reagan created an entire defense system based on Star Wars. Like, he literally called the system Star Wars. It's ridiculous. In some groups, it's actually active right now. Is it really? I'm going to say some groups. It's kind of like a conspiracy theory. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's actually really funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I used to but, believe it in high school. Did you really? Oh, first. Sure. That, that, that honestly doesn't surprise me. I don't know why I, I'm saying it like that. That really doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Well, it is it is indeed the Reagan administration in 1983. 1983. <laughs> We're here. Thank you. Is that the so? Are we? I just to clarify this uh, this defense initiative code name Star Wars was that happening in 83? Like when this yeah, was coming it was. Out? That's it funny. was full on happening. So and they were like, we, it was, mm. I believe ahead. it was supposed to be. And so it was supposed to be like a set of either like satellites that had the ability to shoot lasers. That's why they called it Star Wars. And it was supposed to be if somebody tried to nuke us, like, let's say Russia, the missile has to go up into space, orbit the Earth and then back down to us just because of the distance. So Star Wars was supposed to be when the nuke went up into space, we would shoot it at down in space. It would blow up out there and not hurt anybody. And that was the like the the Star Wars program that Reagan tried to start. Mm hmm. And it, well, it, initially it was called the SDI, just the Strategic Defense Initiative. And the way it was kind of explained was it was supposed to be this like oil rig sized facility off the West coast that controlled two satellites that monitored the West and the East coast of the United States. And like Chris said, it was supposed to monitor incoming nuclear missiles because at the time that was all we fucking cared about was the nuclear arms race and the Holocaust and all that shit or nuclear winter and all that. So like, um, Thankfully Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's fine. Just thankfully that didn't happen. Yeah. We're all, we're I also here. am grateful that it's not nuclear winter. <laughs> I, I, uh, so, okay. 
So we're saying that this thing was real, but the conspiracy theory is that it's still ongoing. So <laughs> it never went into actual phase one production. It was an initiative that was put before, if I remember correctly, it was put before the Department of Defense and the Pentagon. And they were like, are you insane? <laughs> like we don't have the technology to do that shit. Okay, yeah, so that, that's effectively not real. Yeah. yeah, it's effectively not real. But the conspiracy theory is we did actually get it up and running, and it's yeah, there, and it is actually sitting out there. I actually read a small little tidbit that uh, portions of its controls are on the ISS, and I'm like, come on, dude, seriously, no. But also, that'd be kind of wow. sweet. It'd be lit though. <laughs> that would be kind of lit. <laughs> I love hearing about like really like nerdy shit outside of my scope i'm like what are you guys talking about yeah. people know about this some real things to occur in 1983 um are the debut of the mario brothers game from nintendo fraggle oh, yeah. rock came on tv Fraggle fucking rock dude fraggle i love rock. that show yo i can't believe you're not singing the theme song right now dude i honestly and i just want you to know this because it's been stuck in my head all fucking day because i finally watched the south park uh post pandemic special <laughs> i have had i have had stir it up by uh rita labelle or patty labelle stuck in my head all fucking day because that's the song that plays when stan first gets back to south park oh yeah okay and it dude i just that's why i'm not singing for you guys i've also been drinking so maybe i will sing in a little bit I don't know. I'm like down in Fraggle Rock. Somebody has to sing it. Now it's stuck in my head too. All right. You're welcome. Um, before my time. Can't get stuck in my head. It oh actually God, was before what? your time. That's crazy. No, mm -hmm. I mean, yep. I've never. It watched. had already been off the air by the time I was born, but still, it was like it was still being aired on TV when I was a, a little kid. Yeah, I feel like I saw a lot of Fraggle Rock. Like, I'm surprised uh -huh. it was off the air. Yeah, I watched. Oh, way too much Fraggle Rock. When did it go off the air? I, I want to say like the, the early to mid nineties. So like, were there when you were a kid, Chris? Were there puppet shows? Like, like not like Mister Rogers. Like he had like the land of make believe or whatever. But like a whole show based on like, because I know there were a bunch of them. Not like lamb chops and shit, but like stuff like Fraggle Rock. Were there shows like that when you were a kid, or what did you watch? No, not really, because, so, <clears throat> born 1994, mm. so by the time I can really remember watching TV, let's call it like five or six years old, I mean, we're ending the 20th century going into the 21st, yeah. like so there, there really wasn't time. much of that, although that was a great cartoon era. It was, that's Rocket Power, Ed, Ed and Eddie, uh, the, the Cowardly ben Dog, Urge the Cowardly Dog, oh my god, Powerpuff Girls, yeah, I said it. Listen, I, I mean, yo, it was a good show. Okay. It was a good show. It was a good show. Fraggle Rock, I can confirm, was on TV uh, in the US, Canada, and the UK for five seasons between 1983 and 1987, which is the year that I was born. So while I did mm. see a lot of Fraggle Rock, yeah, that was Fraggle Rock was over. Man, that's crazy. I didn't know. All right. Well, we fucking learn something every day, man. I would have thought <laughs> Fraggle Rock was still being made when I was a kid in the 90s. All right. Um, interesting in the Oscars section, Gandhi wins best picture, which is great. a great movie. I just have to sling that one out there. We kind of shit on the Oscars every episode because every episode, we don't really ever like know the best picture or care unless it was like a huge thing or yeah, or care. But th that was a great movie, dude. It was, it was that one is like, I'm like, but also 
I'm like, yeah, of course. Mostly my takeaway from that is that this is the year that Gandhi was out, not that it won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we found Gandhi, right? Like, yeah. we should get, like, a bingo. We should, like, like we of should. the movies yeah. that we feel like we know one best picture, but, like, we don't really <laughs> give a shit about. Like, it's out there somewhere, yeah. right? I feel like we should do that. That's brilliant. <laughs> um, Interestingly, though, and for our listeners, we appreciate everybody's votes in the E.T. conversation. Oh, um, yeah. Because we didn't really know whether we or anyone else cared about E.T. So... The votes are in and the results are clear. People want E.T. So we will be doing E.T. However, uh, technically that did come out the year prior and it won four Academy Awards in 83, including best score for John Williams. Bro, Um, this man has like his house, the foundation of John Williams house has to be made of Academy Awards at this point. Oh, I think so. Well, the dude can't miss. Like, let's be real. He can't. It's He's like when they asked Randy Newman to make the fucking uh, soundtrack for uh, Toy Story or uh, Elton John to do it for Road to El Dorado. It's such an underrated wow. movie, by the way. Oh, it that really was is fucking too. esoteric, dude. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say anything but that. I- <laughs> no, I love that movie. That movie is so funny. Oh, dude. I mean, I don't know it super well, to be honest, but I really thought you were going to go like. I guess he didn't do Tarzan. Uh, wait, what one did Elton John do though that wasn't Rodel? The Lion King. Yeah, there, there it is. Cheers. Yeah. that's okay. Anyway, ET came out in 1983, and we will be whipping out the temp pad um, in our next timeline episode to take care of ET. But that's going to come in season two once we get into 2022, and we'll have more information about that. Probably in the, the next yeah, we're time episode. We're still trying yeah. to figure that out. Um, <laughs> but ET is coming. So thank you guys for voting and for engaging on the Instagram. Um, we really appreciate all of that. So we are going to do ET. And it won four Academy Awards in 83. Um, when do you guys tell me about all the money? Dude, The so this is the part that like it kind of shows the love for Star Wars, but also that this is like indicative of people's mindset for return of the jedi this was the lowest grossing overall of all three star wars this actually only made around 252 million dollars in its entire run um i mean obviously it was a top grossing movie of the year which is ironic because every year that star wars has come out unless it has been a major marvel movie year as well Star Wars has usually been the first or second top grossing film of that year. Yeah, 100%. And especially after this original trilogy, just mm-hmm. because there was like 20 years of hype built up for... Oh, yeah. We didn't get another, after this, we didn't get another Star Wars movie until May 19th, 1999. Wow. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Well, yeah, you know... I mean, the second closest to this was Tootsie, which... Fuck out of here, but... Yeah, it, it, it still made like... By 1983 standards, $252 million is still a fuckload of money. Like, yeah. I don't think, I, I can't remember, but I think like for inflation, it's like $1.8 billion or something like that. I have to go back and check my numbers. I got to look, but it's it still was that, a lot of money. Yeah. It's, it's funny that the third one didn't make the most money. Mm-hmm. Right. Just with how much hype there was. Like, it's interesting mm-hmm. that that's not how that shipped down. Um, yeah. That's kind of fascinating. Um, but also, I don't know. You guys are going to be thinking about like ages and stuff. And like, Chris, you got to come on and talk prequels because 
Oh yeah, for sure. Our yeah. really pretty negli negligible age difference would have been quite significant in 1999. And yeah, I'm curious to hear um, when we do those, what that was like to be much younger coming up with it because I was 11. Right. So it's yeah, like kind of a I different. Was, it was the year I turned 10. Or no, I was 12. I was 12. I was five. Yeah, I yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm curious what it would be like to be just coming up into where you can like process something that's on the TV in front of you and have access to like six Star Wars movies by the time that the all three of the prequels came out, right? Um, so you have to come on for those episodes so we can talk about that. Anyway, if we, let them out. If we yeah, if if you if you make it, I'll yeah, be there if you survive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but like, um, so here's the thing, like. And we talk about the sequels all the time. And I think by this point, everybody knows like, oh yeah, you got like the prequel trilogy came in like the turn of the century. And then, you know, we just had 2012, 2015, 2017, the Star Wars, you know, remakes or whatever, or like the sequel trilogy or whatever. But in between, there actually still was a lot happening for Star Wars in the 16 years between Return of the Jedi and The Phantom Menace. You had the rise of the video game like craze led to massive star Wars fandom. Like you had dark or shadows of the empire. You had uh Jedi Academy, Jedi outcast. You had all of these like crazy PC games and then like really shitty, you know, game boy games or whatever. But the most important thing, at least to me was you now had this slew of star Wars books. You had the Bounty Hunter Wars. You had Heir to the Empire, which introduced Grand Admiral Thrawn the first time. You had Luke learning about, uh, you know, like, there supposedly there was a son of the Emperor named Triclops. And that was actually a really terrible story. The the book is, it's a young reader's book, and it's called The Glove of Darth Vader, and it's it really sounds, dumb. It sounds bad. It's terrible, but it's still, it still is, like, it's just one of those things. Like, And then there was a whole book series about Obi-Wan when he was an apprentice. And those were young, young reader books, and I fucking loved those. And I think the reason that they're so important to me, and the only reason that I stopped us to, like, talk about it for a minute, is because this is a lot of where most people when they were like my age grew up in the nineties were interested. Like that's where they got the majority of their star Wars fix was new books, new, you know, new comics that came out. Um, and then for Disney to come along in 2012 and say that none of this mattered was a huge, huge kick in the balls, at least for me. And again, I I told you I'm going to find some way to like shit on the sequels or whatever, but that's all I'm going to say is just like there were amazing stories being told in between Return of the Jedi and the Phantom Menace or like and the prequel trilogy. And then Disney was like, we don't want to do anything with any of this. So fuck you guys. Which is so unfortunate because there's so many good stories in there that would have made them a ton of money. There are, dude. Seriously, <laughs> if they had literally just picked the Yuzhan Vong War. Holy fuck, dude. I would be oh, yeah. still raving about those movies to this day. But no, I mean, you know, yeah. I don't mean to be the sequel apologist all the time, but I just there's no saying that that can't still happen. I still look at this as like DC before Crisis on Infinite Earths. See, and I'm kind of OK with that. If if they actually came out and were like, we're going to try. The problem is you can't do that, though. 
because now Carrie Fisher's dead. Harrison Ford has always said already said he's not going to do this again. Um, I doubt. I, I doubt Mark Hamill would want to do it again. It just they had this opportunity and they just squandered it. Which I honestly, it's mind blowing to me because, and I don't want to take up too much time on this, but it's mind blowing to me that they had no roadmap when their parent company is the same fucking company that owns Marvel. Yeah, no, no, no. That I I get that. I get that. I think what I'm I'm in my mind separating the two ideas of like whether those three movies were good mm-hmm. and whether your books that you love truly mean oh. nothing. You know what I mean? I'm like I don't think that that's been necessarily like they could still bring all that stuff back and it all still exists just cuz Disney doesn't acknowledge it in their current timeline doesn't mean it's not like I I am like, I, that wouldn't bother me. Like, that part doesn't kill me that hard. It's all still there. It's fine. But whether those movies are good or not, you know, that's a conversation for uh, probably season three of this podcast. Yeah, probably. Um, no, I know. And that's, and the, Disney was smart enough to say, like, we're not saying these didn't happen. We're just saying we're not, until we use this material, it's considered legends. Like, maybe it yeah. didn't happen, but we don't fucking know. I think what Disney was trying to do is say, everybody calm your tits for 10 minutes so that we can try and tell a story without everyone jumping down our throats about continuity. And yeah. let us just kind of deal with this and figure it out. <laughs> Whether they did that very well or not is the conversation, I think. But... Yeah. But still, it's cool that this is when all of that happened because Star Wars did, and like, I have some notes about this for later. So we are going to circle back to this kind of general idea, a lot of some of these issues. But it is cool that this between time when Star long, Wars long just, ago. yeah, in the, in the long, you know, the dark night or the long night, what is it in Game of Thrones? Oh, the long George night. R. R. Martin. Yeah, the long night. Yeah, that show got canceled. Yo, shout out to that, Chris. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that or not. Did you see HBO spent $30 million to cancel the other spinoff? Ha ha. No, isn't it? I isn't did it not. Isn't it House of the Dragon? That's isn't hilarious. it the one no, House, of the Dra- House of the Dragon is the one that's actually happening. Uh, the I thought one they that... canceled that. That's what I thought oh, they were talking about. Oh, is that the one about. that got canceled? Dude, I don't know. Hilarious. It said there was like, there's no more Game of Thrones show. I'm not positive. I'll have to look it Dude, up. I, that's, that's what I thought. Okay, if that's what's happening, that's way fucking funnier. I'm going to look the it up. The thing I read was that it was the show. Oh my God, dude. I hope that's actually what's happening. Because the one that I read said it was about the show that they canceled was going to be The Long Night. But the dude. the House of the Dragon is the one that's already been filmed and like ready to go. Almost. It's unclear remember. to me. Anyway, let's. I'm not sure. Dude, wait. <sighs> We're waiting. Dude. I think they canceled House of the Dragon. I'm. We're gonna have to confirm it. I'll post something really bad yeah, we'll about look it on, on the, the Twitter. internet That's somewhere. Fucking hilarious. Anyway, um, let's yeah, fuck. That. Let's talk. Let's talk about this movie. Let's talk what? about the Return of the Jedi. So <sighs> my least. It's my least favorite. It really is know, of all Star Wars, including the prequels. I really think. <sighs> Or the sequels, rather. Wow. Okay, like all of them. This is your lowest on the total. This is your Chamber of Secrets? When I say, yeah, when I say Star Wars, I mean all of Star Wars. I don't mean, you know, I'm not a big enough fan to, like, be discounting any of the movies. I'm like, of the nine movies that are canon, this is my least favorite. Okay. That's... 
that's disappointing and we have work to do. I but... know. So let's <laughs> dig into it. Let's fucking go. So I want to know why. Like I want to, I just, I, I read some of your notes on like Jabba's palace and stuff and that stuff I totally understand. And I'm really kind of like excited to, to kind of talk about the way that things are portrayed in Jabba's palace. Um, Cause they're let's, not great. Let's talk about Jabba's palace because I fucking hate it. I yeah. hate every, are you prepared for a rant? I'm going to just, am. let's I'm go read this. Chris, just out. mute your mic. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> I am gonna. I am gonna fucking read this. Like, I am. I hate Jabba's palace. I hate the vampire-looking dude with the scarf that's made out of his own head. That's and the he's Portino. all yeah, and he's sweaty and horrible. I hate the mostly naked sex slave and the awful little rat that lives in Jabba's fat folds. Um, I don't so like. Crumb. It feels like she has to fuck Jabba. I hate that. Oh, um, Leia. No, the, well, I mean, that's oh. the intent, but the other one, the one who was there longer than five minutes. The one that got killed? Yeah. I, yeah, so she totally did. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't I like mean, this it's, evil it's monster. It's kind of implied. It's but... strongly implied. She's, it's, yeah. huh, I hate the weird pig men and their horrible drooly faces. and Gamorreans. Huh. <laughs> It's all of the gross imagery. Like this yeah. is, it's the same reason that I don't like horror. It's the same reason that I don't like Rick and Morty. I'm just like, yuck, yuck to all of it. I hate all of it. The only things that I like are Jabba. I cannot explain to you why. That I don't know why no I like him. Sense. None. That's None. what I think is so funny. None. I like Jabba. I can't fucking tell you why I just do. Um, and I like the, the sand people with their scary eyes inside oh, the their Jawas. heads. Yeah. The Jawas yeah. always look great. Um, but and the added song and dance scene can suck my dick. Like, oh, honest I hate to that. God. I, the only thing about this that's okay is the thing that is totally not a crate worm, right? Whatever's in the, the sand oh, hole. Oh, the, the pit of carcoon. It's called a sarlacc. Sure. Yeah. So um, that's my rant. That's what I really hate about the whole right, I've got a, I've got a couple movie. of retorts to you. <clears throat> Dude, let's, let's so go. when it comes to Slave Leia, um, that was actually from, from what I've heard. Um, Carrie Fisher kind of response to the people got really upset that in the first two movies, her outfits throughout the entire movies were very ambiguous gender wise mm -hmm. and said she wasn't girly enough. And so she yep. was like, all right, you want girly boom. And so that's where that outfit came from. I also, hate society. I just want to make true. that clear. No, and that's, <laughs> no, dude, that you was... know what? You know what? I rejoined the red Aja. Fuck I figured, I figured that's what was happening right now. Yeah, That's what's happening. I rejoined the reds. Sorry um, guys. The, so, Dancing how the when they added in the extra they refilmed the dancing of the slave oh, girl that dies really quick. And shit. Yeah. Um, so she actually wanted to do that because she was better in shape. And so oh, she wanted to refilm that. Yeah. that section because she thought she looked better. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted to refilm that, and that's why it got added in a little bit longer. And then obviously she's eaten by the Rancor. Rancor. Rancor, yeah. 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 I'm thinking about this when I say the song and dance, I'm talking about the CG. The added CG. Scene. Yeah. First oh, yeah, of all, okay. the CG is not great. Size noodles no. looks <laughs> fucking awful, dude. Like her just little jaunt up. And first of all, the song itself, like if I understood the language, probably is a fucking banger because they're everyone is just straight up partying. First of all, fucking <laughs> nerd alert, Scott. Did you just say if you understand the language? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, if I was able to, there, her language is made up. It's just all that shit. Is I fake. thought you meant that you could understand any piece of that, and I was oh, like, "Fuck no, dude! What the fuck, <laughs> nerd alert! Stop no, everything! That's another however, level." 
I can read Arabesh, which is the Star Wars Galactic Basic. It's what their alphabet is. I can read that. It's all right. There's an, an introduction to Elvish is within 12 feet of me, so it's okay. It's That's totally awesome. And I'm really excited <laughs> to say something later because Lord of the Rings is in this movie. And I don't know if you know You mean the title? No, 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 no. Well, first of all, and Chris actually said this in uh, Empire Strikes Back, but this movie was originally supposed to be called Revenge of the Jedi. I remember you guys saying that, yeah. So I did, I did, I actually did a little bit more reading into that. So it was Return of the Jedi first, and then the, um, oh my God, why can't Director. I remember? Lucas his was name. a producer. He did not direct this one. Yeah, but um, uh, really? Cassidy or, or Cast Dan. Or however you say, Lawrence K. The, he's like a co-writer. Oh yeah, uh, Lawrence Kirsten. So, yes. Is that really how you say that? There's no R there. Anyway, pretty sure it's Kurt. Kurt yeah. I, I yeah, that's why I was messing up. So Lawrence, <laughs> we'll, we'll make it easy. Um, he was the one who then put that out and said, "Oh, what if we called it Revenge of the Jedi?" And then they ended up circling back to. Okay. Return of the Jedi. So it technically was always Return. Like, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't make sense for the Jedi in this world. So, yes. You are, yes, that Return of the Jedi is somewhat of an homage to Return of the King. It is not the only Lord of the Rings homage in this movie. That's all I'll say until we get there. All right, well, I'm ex- I'm stoked. I Because I, I don't know whether I caught it. So I assume oh, I Oh, I doubt you did. And which is ironic that the book sitting next to you is the book it is because that's the only way you would know it. Um, well, my Elvish isn't great or, you know, existent. <laughs> so I may uh, have the book. Right. Mean right. That would be weird if it was. Like, if uh-huh. you came in here and just started speaking to me like Liv Tyler, that'd be fucking crazy. Just dropping some Sindar on you. <laughs> Dude, for just real. Like the end of our friendship. I know. I'd just be like, I'm sorry, guys. I have to go. That level of nerd. You just be like, the podcast is over. Lindsay's not cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd be like, Lindsay's too cool for me. Like, oh the God. worst would be if you're like, I speak Klingon. I'd be like, well, I have technical issues for the rest of my life. Bye. <laughs> I, Dude, I'm not one of those Star so Wars fans that fucking hates. Okay, good. See, like, and it's smoother. It just sounds prettier. Anyway, it's like more formed. I, I no, and also to read your mind and the sentence I cut you off from. Um, good. I'm glad. Let's add Star Trek to the timeline. No. Well, maybe just like one Star Trekky thing, like okay, maybe like fine. the first reboot movie that was so dope and like. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that come on. When they first... played Sabotage, come on. Let's do that one. Oh yeah, that's uh. Oh god, that was actually a pretty good movie. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, Simon and what's Peg his name from Chris Heroes Pine. is Spock, and like he's perfect. Oh, Siler is Spock. Come on. Speaking of, you know that that's Chris Hemsworth's first movie, right? What Star Trek? The first Star Trek remake with Chris Pine. That's Chris Hemsworth's first movie. He's he's Captain Kirk's dad. He's the one that sacrifices what? himself at the beginning of the movie. I shit you not. Look it up. I will have to do that. All right, we digress. Yeah, we digest. Sorry. So, first of all, and I totally, every single one of your complaints is 100% warranted. The The CGI looks awful. The whole, they're meant to look gross and creepy and just downright undesirable. But the the there are really awesome nuggets of cool shit throughout Jabba's palace scene. With all these, resu- <laughs> with all these reshoots, we got to see... So much more of Boba Fett. Which yeah, is I'll give you weird that. Weird because he doesn't talk in this movie at all. 
He's a badass, though. He kind of says, ugh, when he gets hit on the side of the on ship. On the side right? of the barge, yeah. Which <laughs> yeah. is funny. So, fun fact for you guys. This is one of my little, like, tidbits. Um, He is on screen for, I think, four minutes total. And he is he was one of the most popular Star Wars characters ever. He was the most popular toy after Empire, right? Correct. And he was in Empire for like 30 seconds. He's in Empire. He's actually in Empire more than he's in Return of the Jedi. And he has speaking roles in Empire. Um, huh. Or he has a speaking he has speaking lines in, in Empire. Um, he actually only says like two things. Three things. I'm sorry. He says three things. Um, but in a in a poll that Rolling Stones did back in 2020, yeah, actually, of summer of last year, um, he is still the third most popular Star Wars character behind only Darth Vader and Han Solo. That's above that's, Luke. Yeah, a Luke is like the sixth most popular character. <laughs> that sounds. Right. Leia is like the fifth or something like that. I think Chewie's <laughs> four. But that's that's crazy to me that someone who had such lo- it's honestly he is the Hannibal Lecter of Return of the Jedi. He had such an impact on the community and the fandom, and he was barely in the movie. God, you're right about that with Hannibal Lecter too. I know he's, he's not... in. He's I think he's in that movie. I think the he's like in it for like eleven minutes or something, and he won an Academy Award for that movie. Like yeah, fuck well, out good. of here! Are you kidding me? I know Dude, that book scared the fuck out of me. It was a great book. Um, What's here... happening to us tonight? Are we drunk? Why are we all over the place? <laughs> I know we kind of are <laughs> fucking up right now. <laughs> like... I'm like, I loved silence of the lambs. Anyway, this is what we do when we didn't totally love the movie. We're talking about Scott. This is why it's, it's not true. the best Star Wars movie. <laughs> well, no, Take me it's... to our next point. It's the end of the road. I feel like, but if we're going to, if we're going down the end of the road, we have to kind of start at the beginning of the movie. And honestly, this is my favorite of the original trilogy. This is my favorite intro of the three movies. The pan down to the Star Destroyers overlooking um, the second Death Star, which is, I think, like three times bigger than the first one, and yet somehow still orbits a moon. Can we, um, can, hmm. while we're here, can I interrupt you? Because we're Absolutely. all over the place. Like, oh, yeah, can, let's go. Can you explain this timeline to me? How long oh, is it yeah. when okay. we show up at the start? Yeah, is this a good time to inter- insert that? This is actually a good time. So, all right. So, <laughs> last time on Star Wars. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> La- no, for real. Last time on Star Wars. Please take me from there to here, like, in an ELI-5 fashion of, like, what the yeah. fuck. So, basically, they now... Luke is severely beaten. Like, he is thrown down. He's at the bottom of the barrel. Because they just escaped from Cloud City, right? They That's just the end of the last Bespin. movie. They're all Bespin together. has now been taken by the by the Empire. Lando is now a member of the Rebellion and is labeled as a, a terrorist alongside them. At the end of Empire, they concoct a plan to go get Han back. Ironically enough... Family Guy makes fun of this, but if you pay close enough attention at the end of Empire, Lando is actually wearing Han's clothes. It's so fucking weird. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. It's no, I so have seen that odd. and I remember the South Park joke, but isn't it? Yeah. It immediately is like, yeah, so he probably just like changed clothes on the Falcon and Han just yeah, has that like one like basic bitch pumpkin <laughs> spice latte outfit, right? Like It makes sense, just, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Han has one outfit and he just borrowed some of his clothes and he has like a closet full of the same shit. Right, yeah, that's cartoon, how I picture it. Han is the cartoon character of the movie. Yeah, he, just, <laughs> he just wears the same thing. Um, so 
Luke has gotten his ass kicked and basically his bell was rung in such a way that he's like, I actually should have listened to Yoda and Obi-Wan. I never should have left. And so the plan that they concoct is basically, all right, guys, we have to go get Han, but we cannot get Han until I am ready. So he returns to Dagobah and trains with Yoda for a year. Okay, but in no way, shape, or form is that discussed in the movie. Nope, not at all. This is, I mean, and so this is something that, like, I have it later, but this is my gripe. This is why I can't be a huge Star Wars fan. I'm like, Mm -hmm. cool, I... I love that you guys know that because somebody asked that question and somebody wrote a book about it 20 years later, but that's not what's happening here. How, is that the, are we trying to say that was honestly the intent? Is that really what no, the movie is telling us? Like I just, it's a retcon. It it's is. a retcon. It's, well, I wouldn't say it's a retcon as much as it is just like what Lucas said happened even back then, like not now, like we already know that now, but Back then when the movie came out, he was like, yeah, this is a year later. Because the time between Empire and, or A New Hope and Empire is like three years. And then this isn't a whole nother year. Which, if you actually think about it, makes sense. A year is enough time for Lando to establish himself as a gangster enough to become a guard in Jabba's palace. Chewie can just hide out, and then Leia can pretend to be a bounty hunter to bring him in when Luke gives the signal that he's ready to go. I mean, like that—that that makes sense. But when but Luke, having to in explain this it, movie, yeah, if you, no, I know. no, but but not even that. But in this movie, Luke, after they rescue Han, is like, "Yeah, I got to go back to the Dagobah system." And Yoda says, "I'm disappointed you didn't finish your training." So, in what fucking way did he spend a year there? I'm sorry, I just it, that does Wait, not. No, track. he doesn't. Yeah, he does. He said, "You sh- finished your training. You should have." I'm all bummed about you. I am. Like he's like, you weren't ready. You should have, I will, dude, I finished the movie like 20 minutes ago. It was I will much. verbatim tell you word for word what Yoda says if you actually want me to. I, I'm pretty sure the that it was you didn't finish your training. Walking, no, the scene opens up with him walking back and forth in the hut and says, um, why do you look at me like that? And uh, Luke says nothing. And he's like, do I look so old to your eyes? And then uh, he just keeps going back and forth with them. And he's like, when 900 years old, you reach, or you reach, look as good, you will not. Hmm. And uh. then uh, Yoda starts talking about how he's dying and it's the twilight of his life and night must fall on his presence in the force. And Luke says, Master Yoda, you can't die. I've come back to complete my training. And Yoda says, no more training do you require. Already know that, or already know that what you need. And that's when Luke is like, oh, bro, I'm totally a fucking Jedi. And Yoda's like, bet. You still have to fight Vader. And that's when Luke is like, oh, shit, I forgot to ask you for like a year somehow. Is Vader really my dad? But he hasn't, I don't understand. We see him rescue Han and then go back to Yoda. Are you saying that he was with Yoda and then Han and then back to Yoda? Yes, that's exactly what I That is not in the movie. I'm sorry. That is not not. what the movie tells you at all. The movie makes it look like he went directly from Cloud City to rescue Han and then back to finish his training. And Mm. maybe that took some time. But I just, this is why I can't get down because it, that drives me crazy. It would bother me forever because I, oh, I'm like, 
I love you and your fandom, but that is a fucking retcon. I just, no, it's it is. distracting to me. It's, it makes that one drive me nuts. It does well, drive it, me nuts. Well, and this actually, this specific scene between Yoda and Luke wasn't added right away. They kind of added in later, not like after the movie came out, but they filmed it later specifically so Yoda, a third party, could confirm that Vader is in fact his father. Right. Yeah. Because originally, and this is actually something I just learned, Chris and I were just talking about this the other night. Originally, Luke was supposed to go back to Yoda's house and find him dead already. But supposedly, and this is just like loose rumors, but Yoda was Yoda's life force was supposedly supposed to resurrect Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Obi-Wan Kenobi was supposed to finish Luke's training and finish explaining everything about his family. And they're like, that sounds so stupid. Let's just leave Obi-Wan dead and then just add Yoda to the list of now dead people. And Kanye. so they're like, all right, cool. Star no, Wars is it. just a giant house of cards. It's just waiting for, <laughs> like, it's just, it's this is what would make me crazy. Like, it just doesn't have the, the like, clear, obvious, like, all of these details are here and they're panned out for you that my biggest fandoms have like this kind of thing makes me crazy because I, so, I it really really bothers me they're like the retconning that is like all of star wars i feel like and there's well, so much of it in this movie that's it kind of gets like glossed over by the whole like a long time ago thing but here's here's something that the prequel trilogy actually does really well is it does explain the timeline a little bit better because the timeline from episode one to episode two is exactly 10 years. And Obi-Wan makes a comment when they first get assigned to protect Padme that it's been like, uh, or Anakin says like, it's been 10 years since I've seen her. And so we know that that's the amount of time that's been between them. And then we also know that the time between attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith is three years because the opening crawl for revenge of the Sith says that the clone wars has been raging for three years. Yeah. They do better in the prequels. Yeah. And I think well, they because they knew from, Dude, yeah, they learned this... from people like you. I mean, well, no, cause here's what I think happened and I, th- and, and then we can move on from this, but they made these movies. Lucas had some idea of something mm-hmm. more, right. But it wasn't, guaranteed it wasn't all the shit wasn't based around that and it wasn't totally fleshed out this was super super popular people started asking questions and people started writing books and creating lore around it and it just is like fucking retcon suit around these first three movies that people like fall over themselves about and i love them too they're great but it's just i that's my problem with star wars that's why this is not my fandom where i'm just like it's just a fucking house of cards of retcons from these three movies on. And it's this movie that is the most full of it. And it's why I don't like it. And it just like creates this fucking just unending domino waterfall of, of retcon bullshit that drives me crazy. Cause they were like, Oh, it's popular. Make more of it, but it has to all make sense with the first three. So just retcon the fuck out of it for the next 30 years. And it You've so, never played uh, World of Warcraft, have you? Oh, absolutely God. not. <laughs> Bro, that's that's a rabbit hole that we yeah. do not have time for. We don't anymore. Oh, but if you want to talk about information missing, oh yeah, dude, <laughs> holy there. shit, we could jump from two expansions and have like four days worth of shit to tell you about things that don't make sense. <laughs> no, thank you. And I not will... explained in the game. Oh yeah, oh, never even fucking no. talked about. So but anyway, let's talk about 
let's get to like the better part of this. And like I said, uh, I think maybe 20 minutes ago when I tried to start saying this. My bad. <laughs> this is totally fine. I'm done ranting. The shit I'm no, mad about, not. that's all of it. That's most okay, of it. that's good. All right. That's most of it. Remember that. <laughs> We're going to check back in. Um, <laughs> I like the sequels. Okay, good. I hate <laughs> you. Um, so, like I said, the beginning of this movie is my favorite of the original trilogy. And it's because I love how one track minded Vader is this entire movie. He only ever gives a shit about finding Luke. He doesn't care about what's happening with the production of the death star. He doesn't care about the security of the, of uh, the moon and the shield generator. He literally, the first thing that he and the Emperor fucking talk about is bringing Luke to him. Like, he's he is over this shit. He wants Luke. He he's wants very, Luke to be a part of his life again. He's very Narcissa Malfoy in this. Very, very, very much. And I think it shows, in, right off the bat, when, he, when uh, Moff Gergeron is just standing there waiting for him, and Vader doesn't even stop to greet him. He just waves his hand at him. He's like, dude, uh, you can dispense with the pleasantries. I'm here to put you back on schedule because you don't need to worry about my true plan. And then he says, my all-time favorite Darth Vader line spoken in a movie. My favorite Vader line is actually from Rebels, which I fucking hate that show. But it does have some good parts. Oh, it's not the comic strip? Oh, the comic strip is really good. That's Andrew's favorite part. My favorite is, um, perhaps I was wrong. And then the kid says, uh... I don't fear you. And Vader says, then you'll die braver than most. Mm, That's my all time. Yeah. That was my all time favorite Vader line. But from the movie, Vader tells Moff Jergeron that, uh, or Jergeron that the emperor is coming and he's like, the emperor's coming here. (laughs) We should double our efforts. Like we should fucking get off our asses. And Vader says so fucking coolly and so badassly. I hope so, Commander, for your sake. The Emperor is not as forgiving as I am. And I'm just like, bruh, we know from two movies now, you aren't forgiving at fucking all. Not only does it do a great job of reminding us that Vader is a top dog, but also if Vader is that unforgiving, how fucking terrifying is the Emperor? Well, exactly. They do a great job of building him up to be terrifying. They really do. Every time that the that the Emperor is mentioned before we see him is just low rumbling music. It's just fear and anxiousness. Like when, dude, when Mon Mothma talks about the Emperor being like overseeing the final stages of the construction of the Death Star, the whole Rebel Assembly is just like, yo, did I just shit your pants? Well, because this like is it. this is the first time that we actually see him on screen, like not mm-hmm. not including the holograms. Well, not this is the first the hologram, time yeah. in person that he's on screen. Yeah, after being built up over X two amount of movies. years. Yeah, two yeah. movies in fucking six years. It's oh my god, dude! It's so good, and ironically enough, this is probably another thing that if you knew a little bit more about it, would probably set you off, Lindsay. He is never mentioned by name in any of the original trilogy movies. 
He is only ever I mean, called the Emperor. He's that's never the kind of retcon that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's a perfectly acceptable retcon because it's fun for him to be Palpatine and for us not to. That's Expect that's a that. that's a fun kind of dramatic irony. Yeah, like we don't mm. know uh, whether that's the emperor or not like we don't know what yeah we have no we're like watching it unfold in the prequel like that's one of the question marks in the prequel like i remember watching that in theaters and being like yo shut the fuck up like we you know like we we were like i bet you that's the bad guy from before or whatever you know in 1999 (laughs) like i i'm okay with that that was like the bathrobe Yeah, that was like good storytelling, even if it yeah. is a retcon. That's the kind of retcon that makes a prequel good. That worked. No, and I think I think it speaks to you don't need this crazy gimmick to make a great villain. You just need to honestly, I kind of akin it to the way that everybody talks about John Wick and the John Wick movies. I was literally about to bring that up. Were you really? Because oh, I, I was that's exactly how I think it, dude. Because they do it. They when they show how scary somebody is to the bad guys. Yeah, that's when like you know as you're watching as a viewer, you're just like, oh, dude, this is one bad motherfucker. All <laughs> dude, right, for real. Yeah, you're just like, okay, even like the other bad guys are just they, and you can't even say anything. It's just oh. <laughs> Like it just, dude, it's, it's hot. It's so fucking hot fire to me. Yeah, I can, I can get down with that. And I do like, you know, it's kind of hard to think about watching this and not knowing that he's a Sith Lord. Like that is just something that we all know at this point. Right. But that must've been cool watching this for reals in the seventies and eighties and not seeing him on screen. Cause I'm pretty sure when we do see him on screen in empire, it's that's, that's from the special editions, right? So the special, edi- the one that's on Disney Plus is the special edition. That's Ian McDermott in the makeup that he was in for episode three. Yeah, so that's not from the theatrical release. So Correct. if if you're watching this in 1983, then this is your first time that you're seeing the Emperor. And I could be wrong. You guys tell me, but I don't feel like there's anything that happens in episodes four and five to indicate that he can use the Force. The only real evidence that we get is his conversation with Vader about but that's he... in the special edition, right? That's not from no, no, the theatrical. Because even in the original, in the original cut from from 1980, he talks about uh, Vader searching his feelings and knowing that the son that the rebel that destroyed the Death Star is the son of Skywalker. Oh, and so when he has that conversation with him, that he's just not he's not visually there. It's like in his head, but they yeah. have a conversation. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure how much of that was. I thought the whole scene was put in, in a special edition. No, no. So he still, he still has that whole meeting with the emperor. Okay. So they've, they've dropped the hint. So people who are thinking about it are putting it together, but this is the real yeah. first confirmation. That's really fun. I like that about like finding out, like it must've been wild for audiences. Like, yo, this oh, guy yeah. do like, what the fuck? Like, where did Dude. you come from? I thought it was the last Jedi. Like, you know, that's cool. That was Even probably fun. While fucking, uh, what is it? Even while Yoda's dying, like one of, he uses one of his last breaths to warn Luke not to underestimate the emperor. Yeah, he it's does. just like, dude, the whole movie builds up to this guy, which I think they and like his whole reveal too is super tempered. He just looks like a frail old man that sits in a chair all day. 
But as soon yeah. as like Vader can't bring Luke down and Luke refuses to join him, he's like, oh, okay. I gave you a chance, but we're fucking done playing around and just does some shit that literally no one ever expected to do. You full on just fucking lightnings the shit out of this kid. Yeah. And that's out of nowhere too. And then it's like, we just have to like, accept that that happened. Like I get why there's a whole shitload of extended canon that came out as a result of Mm -hmm. this. Right. I also would want to know more about that. Yeah, which I so here's another little fun fact for you. Did you know that this is the only movie in any uh any time that Luke is in a film where he uses the force aggressively? He uses that's... it to force choke the two Gamorreans when they first enter uh Jabba's palace. That shocks me that he hasn't. Mm-hmm. It's the only time that he uses it offensively. And I thought that was actually really cool. I didn't realize that at first. Also Another little fun tidbit for you. Um, oh, wait. Hang on. Pause. Yes, go ahead. Using the force offensively minus the use of the lightsaber, right? We're excluding you don't need that. The force to, you, well, yeah, you don't need the force you to don't use need the, the force to use a lightsaber. You oh, need I the thought... force to help guide you in a fight or you're going to cut your fucking arm off. But... Right. I'm like, I feel like you're using the force when you're fighting. Like that's like are. the whole point of that scene with Obi-Wan and the, he has like the visor down and all that shit. I'm like, oh okay. no, that's all tech. The force is not involved in that in any way, except for Luke trying to open himself oh, no. to the force to view the remote, which that's is that what little I mean. ball that's floating around. That's what I mean. I know that the thing isn't floating because of the force. Oh, I just okay. mean, it feels right. like when they're fighting, the point is to use the force to like mm-hmm. guide you or like to fly your... Like, he killed all those people on the Death Star by, like, using the Force to, like, aim good. So I, I can oh, yeah. I understand what you're saying, though. He's not he's not Force-choking people, but also, like, he totally uses the Force when he does Oh, yeah, violence. he... And this is just because I love you. He totally channels, like, throughout... Thank you. You're welcome. He totally channels, like, throughout the films. But, like, to actually do harm to another being? No, he only ever does it one time, and, and it's Return of the Jedi. Right. Okay. He uses right. it like a monk to like focus chi Basically. to flow through him. Yeah. Or trick people because he elevate he levitates three uh, PO. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. No, I'm just I'm just drawing that line because I'm like, wait. Then what does Luke use the? I'm like thinking it through and I'm like, uh, then you can right. almost okay. Then you can almost technically be like, well, he used the force to grab the lightsaber to cut down yeah. the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the well, monster. So, yeah. the abominable snowman, if you will. Oh, <laughs> the wampa. Yeah. It's kind of like Scott said, though. Like my head's very in the wheel of time, and like I said, I rules and I said I oaths. That's like the stuff Luke is doing would be breaking I said I oaths. So that's where I had to get my so, head over that. Yeah, and that's very Jedi e of them. The Jedi can't use the Force offensively, and Yoda tells him that in the Empire or in Empire Strikes Back. He's like the Force or the Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and events. Never for attack. For the we, knowledge to handle an attack event is like there's this well, is yeah. very I said I truth shit. I'm like yep. they're totally using. Can I cut violence. off oxygen? Here is my science experiment. Let's. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Star Wars Tube. My name's Luke. Dude, <laughs> <We're like, laughs> we're gonna find out if a oh lightsaber can cut underwater. <laughs> I'm and real salty cool. about Star Wars. I really don't like this one, and I just watched it, so that's where my. If I'm a little spicy today, guys. No, you're good. I totally appreciate it. Um, I want to get into some of the things that you did bring up, though. Um, And a lot of them are, like, my important questions 
that I had. And number one, and this isn't even me being a fucking try-hard, bonerific fan of the bad guys. This is just a logistical fact. There is no conceivable way the Empire lost that battle. There's no way. There is no conceivable way that they lost that battle. They had the numbers. They had the, the weapons. They had the element of surprise. The entirety of the Imperial fleet ambushed the ragtag rebellion ships. Not even that. They also had to contend with the Superstar Destroyer Executor. But even on top of that, they had to deal with a fully armed and operational Death Star. And yet somehow these ships outmanned and outclassed the entirety of the Imperial Navy. I will buy that the ground team got overwhelmed because they were arrogant and overlooked the species on the world. And they didn't expect the Ewoks to have traps that could destroy their machines. I will overlook that because that does make some semblance of sense. But there's no feasible way that the Imperial Navy lost that fight in space. There's no, I'm sorry, there isn't. You guys can come at me on Twitter all you want. There is no way they lose that fight. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of didn't track what the fuck even happened there. It's basically them being completely overwhelmed. How? We saw, like, because I'm with you. I'm like, I saw all the Imperial fleets. And then, like, honestly, I feel like I looked down for two seconds. And then when I look back up, we won the war. I was like, oh. (laughs) It it doesn't even make sense. Like, it basically implies that (laughs) the one A-wing that crashes into the command deck of the executor is how the executor came down. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. There's no, the, the, first of all, the command deck got destroyed. So there's no controls to tell the ship to take a dive. So what's making it dive into the death star. Not to mention the death star now can no longer fire. So you've, basically taking out two major pieces on the board because one ship, the basically the size of a fucking queen size bed crashed into the command deck of that star destroyer. I mean, like that was like the whole plot of episode four was like, there's a flaw attack the ship. Like there was no such anything in this. It was just like, no big deal. It's dead. But also it was like, exposed to open space so i don't know maybe there's well that's the so that's the death star itself which that was another thing i always kind of wondered about was why did they like obviously the core wasn't exposed so they had to go through those construction tents or those like those construction tunnels to get to the core but realistically that ship would be on the ground oh yeah (laughs) there's no reason to send it up into space until it's done for real. How the fuck would you get something that size into space? It totally makes sense to build it in space. Well, that's that yeah, it's being built in space and that's how the first one was being built. The so the whole first of all, the empire's the emperor's plan is flawless. And the fact that not a single member of the rebel command structure didn't think this was a trap blows my mind. You guys somehow yeah. <laughs> got information that the emperor is building another Death Star 
oh my god, you also got plans that he's gonna be on that Death Star? And... and- and plans to take the shield down. Yeah, and plans to bring down the shield, like how that works. And you just somehow think the rebel or the Imperial fleet is not gonna be there. You have the leader of the fucking empire. And you don't think that's gonna be the most protected point in the galaxy? That is so dumb to me. That is that's where I start. Just I'm just like, what in the living fuck right now? Yeah, could you imagine president on the West Coast? No Secret Service. Oh, I know. Dude, just like two <laughs> mall cops and some fucking guy with a riot shield? That's it's, all it is. It is kind of ridiculous when you think about it that way. And also, everything in Star Wars is a trap. Of course, it's a trap. Admiral Akbar said that, and I was like, yeah. no shit. And obviously, yeah, I was like... Well, Fun yeah. fact, that line was supposed to be, it's a trick. And it's then trick, people realize yeah. how stupid that sounds and changed <laughs> it to trap. It's a trap. Also, it's also not the first time that it's a trap is said in Star Wars. No, Leia it's actually said in yells movie. it. No, well, it's not said in A New Hope. Actually, the line that's said is. in. I think no, it is in the Falcon so, at one point. I swear, well, no, Han or Leia says it. No, the line that is said in every Star Wars movie is, I've got a bad feeling about this. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Mm hmm. Actually, I don't know if that's in the sequel trilogy. I'm fairly certain that it is. I know it is in a cup in at least Force Awakens because I think it's sure in every movie. It. Or Finn says it, but yeah, yeah. It, that's the it's one that trap. just says in all of them. But it's a trap. Leia actually yells it to Luke when the Empire is trying to lead him into the cryo chamber. Oh yeah, she does. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you might be right that it's not in A New Hope. I don't know why I'm trying to second guess you. You for sure know the answer to this better than I do. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, here's the other thing that just kind of like, I hate, this is a retcon that I hate and it's because Disney is trying to like involve themselves in things they weren't originally involved in. The old man with the white beard, that's a member of the rebel ground forces was just an old man originally when this came out, but then star Wars got really popular on Cartoon Network with their show, The Clone Wars. And a character on The Clone Wars was a character named Captain Rex, who was a clone trooper under uh, Anakin Skywalker. And was, at the time, the leader of the 501st Legion, which is the legion of blue-armored clone troopers that marches with Anakin on the the Jedi Temple when he kills all the Jedi. (laughs) I mean, at least he's not critical to the plot. But he is like, <laughs> he's just randomly like thrown into this movie. They're like, hey, that old man right there with the beard, that's Rex. Bro, it's See? fucking 24 years later. Rex would be dead. And the okay. reason that I have a problem with this is it actively ignores one of the fundamental things about the clone army. The clone army was growth accelerated. They were already in their mid-30s when they went to war. And it only took them 10 years to grow. Meaning they age three times faster. So, in 20 years, they should be almost fucking 90. It's a fucking sea of contradictions. This whole, this whole thing. It's just... It's them trying to be like, oh yeah, dude, like he's he fought to the end. It's they do the same thing with Ahsoka. 
I just right. I want well, her to go see, away. Well, see, this again, this is what I don't like about Star Wars right now, where I'm like, I would love to have something like a um, Knights of the Old Republic or like mm -hmm. I want like older stories. New shit. I would love Up to get to see some days. of this and get on board with with all the stuff you guys are stoked about. Um, I'm really tired of them, like, because this is what Star Wars does. They're like, oh, something that was popular in those three movies, everybody fucking loses their minds over. Let's go grab something from that and make it into a Shmurnamurnamur. Yeah. And we're going to get a fucking Obi-Wan series. And I know that it's going to be great. And I'm going to watch it. It's going to be awesome. And I love it. Goddamn right, it will be. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. It will. <clears throat> it actually will. And I would still prefer Knights of the Old Republic. Like, I'm oh, like, can I we know. just calm the fuck down about, like, I get it. Star Wars was good. We don't have to, like, oh, it's just every little well, thing. Like, this random dude, I don't even know who you're talking about, has, like, I, I'm like, God. See, that's the thing. It it doesn't matter because, like, you're, for, like, an objective, regular, everyday viewer, that shit doesn't matter in any way, shape, or form. Dude, and I'm nerdy as fuck. I'm not even your everyday viewer. Like, I'm, like, paying attention. Like, yeah. I wonder where Broom Boy is. I, you know, I get it. Like, oh, I broom boy, broom boy, <laughs> and his rebel anymore. ring. Yeah, <laughs> that just disappeared off the face of the <laughs> face of the galaxy. Earth. Just no. <sighs> anyway, um, that's I why I think you should read the Darth Bane books. If there were books, mm -hmm. I would recommend you read because it is a completely different era. I highly, I would I'm highly recommend in. you read the Darth Bane books. Yeah, something that is like way before the events of the prequels would make me happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of them. That's what I would like. I would like to see the Jedi operational. Oh my as, god! As dude. this movie so often says. Anyway, we have to. I have to take us back. I'm like we are yes. all over the place. I have a couple. I have a couple more questions about the Emperor. Lay it on me. Before we move into well, and Chris, some things I have to say about our lay it on us. Again. Lay it on one of us. Um, I so okay. I do like the back end of this movie. Mm -hmm. I do think that this is like tight storytelling, like overall on the um, the whole stuff with the emperor. Like my actual right. overall thoughts to get like out of the weeds on it, even though ugh, I hate yeah. that saying. I can't believe I just said that. I hate that saying. But to get, but like to get a bigger sort of, um, you know back way up view of this. I do like the back end of this movie. And I like that because Vader can sense Luke, like he knows they fucked up on approach into Endor, like just by him being there. Cause he can sense Vader and. Oh, sorry. What did you just say on their approach to what? Endor, the forest okay. moon of Endor. That's your hot button. Endor is an elven word for middle earth. Uh, Look it up. Dead serious. I am dead serious. Look it up. I'm looking it up. Ah, it was indeed. Um, you're correct. It's the Sindar form. Or sorry, it's the uh it's the Quenya name. Um, and it's it's Endor, but it has an E with the two dots over it on the mm -hmm. end. Yeah. You are correct. You knew a Lord of the Rings thing I didn't. Yay, I Scott. Yep. That's very good. And it was in my one of my movies. I feel like we're growing here. A lot of like, here mm, on Walden's Mountain. Yeah. I was like, honey, is it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude. Chris heard that too. He was like, oh, Scott's about to get shit on right here. <laughs> like, uh, well, because I don't know. I, you know, it's, uh, it's yeah. Arda is the way that they usually refer to Arda. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, mm, 
but yeah, okay. All right. That's really interesting. I like that. I thought you were going to nitpick me and tell me that it's called the forest moon of Endor and that maybe well, no. Endor so is actually, the planet and not the name of the moon. Is no, that right? So ironically, it has two names. For some reason, fucking Palpatine calls it the century moon, but no one else does. And then it's called the forest moon of Endor. But I don't know where he gets the century moon. Because he, he only says it one time. He's like, your friends down there on the century moon are walking into a trap. Oh, is he saying century or century? Like, cent- yeah. Interesting. Well, I used to think it was a made up word like century moon. But no, it is. It's He calls it the century moon. Well, in any case, I like their plan. Like, it makes sense. And I think there's a lot, and this might just be me. Like, I don't think this is, like, valid criticism of Star Wars necessarily overall. But I often struggle to interpret the plan. A lot of the time watching Star Wars, I'm like, what? Mm. What are we about to do? It might just be me. I don't know. But in this one, I was like, I understand the assignment. Like, I get what you guys are trying to do. Bravo. Like, so I feel like they explain themselves well. I feel yeah. like it makes sense. I feel like, um, you know, Luke going to see Vader makes sense. It's a good reason for him to go and do that as opposed to in Empire when he was just like, fuck y'all, I'm going to, I'm going to go get trained to be a Jedi, like bye in the middle of the fight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, it, I, I like that. Um, I get that Vader doesn't know that Leia exists. Why doesn't he sense her? He sensed Luke before he knew anything about him. He has no reason to be looking for her. He may sense. He, he wasn't he, looking he, for Luke. Right. But he's sent. He now knows Luke is his son and he has honed in on Luke. But he sensed Luke before he knew that. Like in the first one, we talked about this. He just sensed that the pilot was strong in the force. When he now knows it's Luke, oh. he now knows it's his son, which means he is like hot beaconed on to Luke. He's yeah, learned. So you, you can you like focus your yeah. your force sensing abilities. I believe wasn't it one of the Thrawn books where Vader tracked down a ship because something of his was on something that ship. Something of his was on the ship. Yeah. And that's how was... he tracked it down cuz he knew that his thing was there and that's what he like honed in on. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So he just doesn't and also like Leia's not using the force. So that makes no, sense. No, she has no idea what she doesn't know any of that. And she doesn't even know that until almost the end of the movie. Yeah, really right at the end. And then she starts to like, she can feel that Luke survived the explosion. And she, that's like kind of her first time being in touch with the force. So I can get down with that. Now, retcon some shit for me. Let me change my whole stance. As you guys know, I often do. I'll go on a huge rant. And then I'm like, now let me indulge in the thing I hate. Sure. Will you guys please explain to me what happens between now and the sequels and like Leia's training like briefly because we're all over the place and we're going along but like what the fuck happened oh we're barely at an hour right now by the way all right great um, and let's just roll because I know that <laughs> I know that Carrie Fisher's death made it really like I they tried to do that in the sequels mm-hmm. and frankly I was really happy I was like yeah, yeah 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 did they train Leia what happened so will you tell me what happened yeah so even before Disney got their hands on this Leia was trained as a Jedi but she felt like her place was better suited rebuilding the Republic so eventually she walked away from the Jedi order like the code of the Jedi and being she didn't she could touch the force she had a lightsaber she was supposedly stronger than Luke at one point um, because they show that in Rise of Skywalker, he, she bests him in a flashback. Really? 
Yeah, when they're fighting. That's how you find out she has a lightsaber. Um, I was going to ask if she had a lightsaber. She does. She has a blue lightsaber, and it's covered in uh, erodium and copper. Copper is is not an actual metal in Star Wars, but uh, whatever the other one. What's what? uh, Cortosis, which is the most indestructible metal in Star Wars. It can withstand blaster bolts. It's used in the hulls of ships, and it can actually not be cut by lightsabers either. Um, so yeah, Luke basically is like, "I'm gonna rebuild the Jedi Order. I need help, Leia. You're strong as fuck in the Force." And she's like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, like that makes sense." But eventually, just there's just so much demand on her that she can't focus on the Jedi, and she realizes that her talents are better utilized rebuilding the Republic reorganizing and restructuring the government yeah she goes way more into politics it's it's also said that she she didn't get her master's rank officially i believe Mm -hmm. but it's like theoried that she completely she might have completed that out with luke yeah like she technically was jedi knight rank she just never went all the way she could have been a master on the council that luke had created okay Uh, that's all and awesome. It is all awesome. And it makes the scene where she uses the force in space while it looks horrendous and mm-hmm. cringe as fuck. It's very cartoony. Explains, it's very cartoony. But it does help to explain it. And her and you're right, her sensing Luke survived the destruction of the second Death Star. That's part of it. However, because we are on this, I do feel like I need to create or I do need to bring attention. To an actual plot hole. This is one when they haven't tried to plug with bubblegum. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, I'm being such a bitch. No, that's totally fine because, and Chris knows this too. The two biggest plot holes in Star Wars, in my opinion, one is generated at the very end of Episode One, and it's it's Yoda that generates it. But the other one is this one. There is no reason Leia should remember Padme. Yeah, that's Leia some was never, right there. She never got close to her. So this is how the scene plays out. Luke is born first and handed to Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan puts Luke right at Padme's face and she touches Luke. They make eye contact. Then the droid births Leia, does not hand it to Obi-Wan, just shows Padme and she only says, Leia. And that's it. There is no reason, even in the Force, that Leia should remember Padme. And Luke doesn't. Luke had more interaction with her in the five seconds of their lives than than Leia did. Neither of them has any reason to remember anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing I, I feel like you're stretching that, like, the Force to say they, neither of them They does. are. And, like, the only thing I can kind of think is like leia was strong enough to sense her mom in the womb which i'm okay with because that does kind of happen from you know time to time i mean shit fucking uh what is it anakin was literally born from the force like the force impregnated shmi skywalker because plagueis and sidious were like i bet you anything we could prolong life and they fucking do and the force is like ah we can't have that shit we need to create some kind of balance in the force. And so they literally use the force to impregnate Shmi Skywalker. 
So it is not beyond the realm of possibility that Padme sensed the woes of Padme in her waning hours. But I don't know. It just like it does a bad job of explaining why Luke doesn't remember her in any way. Well, you know, what's some bullshit too though? It's like it's like it's like a failed retcon. It's like where they they had every opportunity to retcon that in a way that could have made oh, yeah. sense. Like they could have a hundred percent had it be like three years later. And like maybe she's sta- I don't know. They could have they or could like, have written like they had the option to write episode three. They could mm-hmm. have made that whatever they wanted that would fit with it's it's actually an example of them not doing what they typically do, which is bend over yeah. backwards to explain stuff. But they just at let least even if they had like explained that though, that's the kind of retcon that is like, if it then makes sense, great. But like I have never disagreed with you so much as I do about this Yoda thing. Ever. Boy, I'm like, what a dude on whether Luke went back to train. I fucking disagree. I have never disagreed with you so much on anything. I won't take us back to it, but I'm like. No, that's fine. I do (laughs) want to, for anybody who was wondering what the other plot hole that's created by Yoda is, Chris knows what it is. Um, Oh, it's knowing the rule of two? Yeah. There's no reason (laughs) that Yoda should know what the rule of two is. I thought it was Yoda not knowing about the other. Oh, no, that's Obi-Wan doesn't know about Leia. mm -hmm. No, 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 no. In episode one, when they're at Qui-Gon's funeral, Mace Windu turns to Yoda and says, there's no doubt that the mysterious figure was a Sith, uh, a Sith Lord. Uh, the Sith have returned and Yoda's like, "Mm, but which one was destroyed? Always two. There are a master and an apprentice. And Mace Windu's like, but which one was destroyed? The master or the apprentice? There's no reason that Yoda should know anything about the rule of two. No, because they've they've the Sith they've has been, been in hiding. hiding this entire time since they were all supposed to be destroyed. They well, literally the say it earlier in the movie too. Kiadi Mundi literally says, uh, or Mace Windu says, "I don't think the Sith could have returned without us knowing." And Kiadi Mundi is like, "They've been extinct for a millennium. No one knows anything about them. So either what Yoda kept the existence of the Rule of Two to himself. Why the fuck would he do that? Or two, it's just a plot hole." Well, and it was yeah, still before his good. 900 years. And it was, so, yeah. There's no reason he should know that at all. Yeah. It sounds it's, like a flat hole. Unless, like, is. Darth Maul just showed up on Dagobah real quick. There's two of us, by the way. And hey, then left. Yo, what's up? Just dipping. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I had a note about the rule of two as well, though. Like, I, mm-hmm. there's fucking so much to say about the, like, emperor side of this thing. But it's like... Because he's a great part of this movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I was laughing at the end when it's like, he's like, yes, when we bring on Luke and he will be my new apprentice. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, are you not paying attention? Like this whole game is that like the master gets killed and then like mm. the apprentice become, I'm like, that's how you guys explain this to me. That's how I understand yeah, so it. That's, how that's, it's I'm like, that's I, a really big reason why I think Vader also turned. Cause at yep. that point, as soon as he says that, if I'm Vader, I'm like, oh, I'm dead then. Yeah. He's basically expecting Luke to kill me. Yeah, like I and I'm like, dude, you kind of face like the rule of two situation. Like you are definitely by this the one point he's killed, ignored it. Palpatine. He's one. Palpatine controls the galaxy. There's he no has, reason for him to, mon- yeah. to honor the rule of two anymore. He he's is so bent arrogant. That rule he so often, though. Actually, yeah. it, like it, it definitely. It was one of the things that actually like it made me laugh because I was like this stupid fucker, but also. <laughs> I did enjoy it um, because it it actually did tie in nicely with what you guys were saying in the last episode about like, it's actually like stuff that was added in the prequels that makes sense of things to really Mm -hmm. add the rule of two stuff of like, 
Yeah, no, totally. He broke that so often in the prequel. It kind of makes sense that he would like act like such a fucking idiot about it here, which mm -hmm. is kind of a Star Wars retcon of being like, oh shit, how do we handle it though? Because Palpatine was like so ready to like not have that be the order of affairs, right? How do we so, handle well, that? Yeah. Like, and, and it worked. It worked point, great. He was he was basically the the number one trope in Sith, and actually it's another thing that Vader broke. Um, the number one trope in Sith is they're arrogant. Yeah. So Sidious had no reason to continue doing the rule of two. He thought he was going to live forever. And he would, if he needed to, he would just keep picking apprentices. Cause at that point, Vader wasn't learning anything about the force. He wasn't, no. he wasn't gaining new knowledge about anything. He didn't seem to be anybody's favorite either. Like he said, like people are scared of him and like, especially oh, yeah. in episode four, nobody gives mm -hmm. a fuck. So I well, guess <laughs> episode four is a little bit different just because of the situation. Five is where they really show like Vader runs this shit. And the, he is well, he is second only to the Emperor. Five is after somebody dies, right? And that makes Vader in charge of everything. Well, so yes and no. In episode four, Moff Tarkin, who is the old guy that orders the That's what I'm talking about. Like Tarkin dies and he becomes in charge of more shit as a result during episode five, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. Vader was already like higher than Tarkin, but Tarkin was so influential with the Emperor that the Emperor saw them as like equals. And Vader was like, fuck me, dude. This guy's got resources I need. He got the I ship. Got we talked working. about this in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So do we have anything else on that side of things before we talk briefly about, I, we have to revisit Han through this trilogy. We Absolutely, have to go back to, to this. I, so I do have a question for you, Chris. Sure. With everything that you and I know, are you, are you at all disappointed with how things went down with the rebirth of, of Palpatine after this? How, like, how, like, with the way that we know how, like, Sith spirits and stuff work, does it bother you the way he dies? And then, you know, like, later he comes back. Comes back? Oh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he died at the end of this movie. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, because not only did he get thrown down what's, you can't even really the see the bottom. Yeah. Of yeah. the shaft. Even if he went all the way through the ship, then he's just in space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> After dead. hitting every wall at the way down, being like 90 years old, you're still frail. Like, there's... No, he's he's definitely dead. If anything, I would have rather have them moved on to a different master. Yeah. And maybe they were able to communicate back with with him via like finding a holocron or something like that. Yeah, that would have been or lit. or maybe they can just hear his hear his voice, you know, cuz obviously they do that at the end of the the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Um that he was happy that Vader did kill him cuz technically that's he's a, he's achieved he's a, his what role. He was supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. he he succeeded his, in killing him. Yeah, his role is over. You've done the master role. So he should have died there. Yeah. He should stay okay. dead. I just, I always, because I remember not talking to you about that. Uh, but now that we're like covering Re Return of the Jedi, I do have this like singular opportunity to. Yeah, no, he, he should have been dead. He should have stayed dead. Yeah. That's all. But a holocron would have been dope. I think a holocron would have been fucking sick. Sorry. Lindsay. Is that Hol like backing up his memories onto a computer? 
So sort of, you basically put a part of your personality through the force into a pyramid shaped USB drive. And then only people who can use the force can access the holocron. And the holocron is basically a suppository, suppository, a repository. (laughs) That's awesome. It goes up your ass. (laughs) Um, it's a repository of all of the knowledge that the Jedi master or the Sith Lord that created it possesses. So you basically like, let's say Palpatine created one. And then a thousand years later, someone found it. And they're like, dude, I want to learn about the Sith. That holocron could teach you everything Palpatine knew. It's very Dune. I follow it's, you. It is very Dune. Yes. It's, a, it's almost like a little AI. Yeah. Oh, ooh, the hundred does that. The hundred does exactly that. And you put it in the back of your head and it, and you're the, the the oh I I am not gonna I am not gonna continue that sentence <laughs> like the CW no well so like unlike uh, <laughs> like the way Taskmaster got her powers in the Black Widow movie or the uh, the actually a really good way to explain it is it's Cortana in Halo without the chip in the back of your head you basically hold the pyramid in your hand and an artifact and like a holographic version of the creator of the holocron appears above it and talks to you. You can have full-blown conversations with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds... If you read the Bane books, he he searches out for a lot of them. And Uh, it goes into way more depth. He spends the entire second book trying to make one. That sounds like it would have been cooler. And... Yeah. Because I... Let's talk about that when we get to those movies. Because I'm like, they did have some bullshit they were trying to find. But it was like a map. In the end, yeah, that's, that's way different. Oh, something different, yeah. but it that's also was a triangle. Honestly, it was a triangle, it though. Have been a holocron. It should have been, been a holocron. It should have been. No, they were looking for a dagger that somehow had the fucking map of the ruins of the Death Star that didn't move over these years. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, anyway, I so on. let's talk about my man here, my fucking leading man, <laughs> America's bad boy. So you have to remember, he didn't want to be in this. He no shit. He, no, yeah, you're, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking believe that right now. <laughs> I know, dude. It and he wasn't. He wasn't terrible. Huh? He's he's no, always he's good. Not. He's always good. Harrison Ford's always good, even when he isn't good. But um, first of all, I have a burning question, which is why is Jabba and his whole entourage just like waiting behind it, this like false door? Oh, because they like, knew. Open? They, they knew, knew right the from the beginning. Time. Yeah, they knew they knew the whole time. You knew it the whole time, buddy. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? They're just waiting behind this trapdoor this whole time so, to spring. It was like so kitschy. All I'm gonna say is, and this hopefully this will explain enough to you without me having to go into too much detail. There is a reason Boba Fett is the greatest ga- bounty hunter in the galaxy. He he would have known. Anything that involved Chewbacca arriving out of fucking nowhere would not be something they could trust. That's fair. That's why Yoda, or that's why Yoda, that's why Boba Fett watches her so intently the whole time. Yeah, just a straight up Trojan horse. All Mm. right, I can accept that. I, and then before we, I do want to talk about 3PO and all of this is like the next thing on my list. But before we do that, I just want to point out that like America's bad boy over here is like, He's so worked up this whole time, right? He, he like accuses. He gets his heart broken. 
I guess like he, you know, he doesn't know what to do. He's like Han experienced an emotion for the first time and he is Mm -hmm. fucking confused by it. And he like accuses Leia of like something and storms off. And then he feels like slightly bad. And he he, like awkwardly pats her on the back while she's crying. And like, she has, he just has no idea what he's doing. And like Han Solo is the reason I'm staying single. And and then I'm like watching this and I'm like, oh, it's so nice that he cares at the end. And he's so relieved when he finds out that Luke is her brother. And oh my God, I'm doing it. No. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. like Han, you, you got well, me again. You bastard. And that's why that's see, that's the one like shining good thing about the sequel trilogy is of all the characters that came back, Han is the most themselves. Dead on. After I especially totally watching believe. this. Yes. Yeah, I totally believe that if Han had a son who was force sensitive and there is no way that Han knows how to deal with that because he isn't. And then suddenly Luke tries to kill that kid and that kid falls to the dark side. Han 100% would have absolutely no clue what to do and just disappear into the things he knows, which is smuggling. Dude, I 100% believe that the first time Han was faced with a diaper, he would disappear back into smuggling. Yeah, right. Like, dead serious. Like, I 100%. I think think Han might have left when she said she was pregnant. I, honest to God. Like, Han is not a good guy. He's not. Hold on. I will will actually counter that because. (laughs) I'm mostly facetious, but please. He has no reason to run at this point. Remember, he fully joins the rebellion at the death of Jabba. He has nothing to worry about now. Yeah, and he is he does have the general title. However, during that scene where he kind of gets upset because they had a moment with Luke and Luke obviously ran away and she doesn't really say anything, he does get upset, walks maybe 10 feet away, takes a deep breath, cools off and then goes back. Yeah. To yeah, like does. pretty much console her. And that's that's pretty good. That's yeah. that's yeah, pretty you know good. What? He didn't that's how we and take a drive. Like some people, like I know people who are like, I need to go for a drive and they'll just leave the house for two hours. This is what has me laughing so hard. Cause like, no, in all seriousness, like Han does have a great character arc and he is a good guy. Like I, I all jokes aside, all jokes aside, no, but you know what? (laughs) No, I know. Dude, real talk though. Like even that, I'm like, this is why, this is why we set the lowest fucking expectations ever. And we're like, oh my God, he was nice to me for like a minute and a half. Oh, I think yeah. I'm going to give him my life. I'm like, <laughs> I, swear, I swear to God, Han is the reason I'm going to stay single. I'm going to need you. And I say this with, I can't even tell you how much love and how much fear I can muster. Never talk to me in that voice ever again (laughs) that was horrifying (laughs) i felt like we should be going to rodeo drive you don't like that blonde girl at the bar voice no dude like (laughs) (laughs) i do i feel like i need to buy Lindsay something now like spicy tonight you guys i am so spicy i don't know what's happening no but i feel it and i i (laughs) see that's the thing i can see han from both sides like i yeah he no, That's I'm I'm laughing knows. hysterically right now. I'm not being I'm not being that serious. Like no, actually as a character, I, he has a nice little arc. He does. And that's the thing is he does by the end of this, he does grow to be a person that you are like, "Okay, I get him and Leia being together." 
Oh yeah, totally. He's it 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 is sweet the way he's like, wait, but I really like it's like in this movie, he realizes that he really away. does love her. And yeah, and he wants to like try and do better. And he mm-hmm. is making a modicum of effort, which is all we really ask, right? And which is just God damn it. Ugh. Yeah, a minute and a half. And but you know, he he is. He has like stopped being such an asshole. Like last movie, I was like, they are such dicks to each other. Oh, yeah. This one they because they both were acting like assholes. Um, and in this one, they both have stopped doing that. So I actually have enjoyed Han and Leia's little three movie arc. It actually has been really good, but I mostly have enjoyed just making fun of Han Solo and how he really oh, has yeah. traveled from like the bad boy you know, who has the fast car and sneaks mm-hmm. you out at night and everything when Luke was like, you know, making excuses for Leia covering Showed up with his Bible to do trivia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it really has turned into like, you know, where you have to like, sit her down and be like, you know, maybe we don't want to sign papers. Maybe we should. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, I feel like that's where we're at now. Honestly, the, the way that I akin it in their relationship to, uh, to each other in uh what is it the empire strikes back is like when you watch those old episodes of cops and they roll up on a trailer park and the woman's like god i'm getting the fuck out of here she's going to the car in handcuffs you better not touch my cigarettes woman and she's like don't take him i love him (laughs) that is so where this has gone that's what it feels like but then in this one it's like no okay this is almost like a rom-com almost first of all (laughs) if we're gonna get into the comedy aspect of this I am so glad that 3PO finally gets almost some respect. He's so funny. I love him with the Ewoks. Like, I swear, I know everyone rips on the Ewoks. They were significantly more enjoyable than Jabba's Palace. Oh, yeah. Well, They're still creepy as fuck. Originally, they were supposed to be Wookiees, and this was supposed to take place on Kashyyyk, the Wookiee homeworld. But Lucas's daughter was so afraid of the Wookiee like outfit and the makeup and stuff that Lucas was like, oh, maybe that's like an indicator for what kids will think. So and, like, I, ev- everyone know everyone knows that aspect of it. I did read something that also kind of makes sense when they were talking about the the Wookiees being there. Since Chewbacca knows how to fly and also has a crossbow. They would be way more technologically advanced than the Ewoks. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like a lot. Like, yeah, they would be way further in the future than the Ewoks. Yeah, you would when get it, when absolutely. it just comes from a technological standpoint. So, I mean, we see them in Revenge of the Sith when Yoda has the defensive Rook mm-hmm. Rowo. So, yeah, that makes sense. I swear, you were just making up sounds. No, that's literally what it's called. <laughs> the Rook <Rowo>? Rowo. <laughs> <laughs> The city of Roruk Roro. It's only talk- uh, it's I'm so sorry, novel. you guys. I know. It's talked about in the novelization of episode three, and it's talked about. It's where the final fight takes place in um, uh, Dark Lord: The Rise of Darth Vader, which in is Rook, another Rook. book. So if if there's another book that I think you should read because it'll help you understand Vader a little bit better, it's that one. No, boo, actually... I don't want anything with any of these fuckers in it. I don't oh, want a no. single Skywalker ever again. I'm okay. <laughs> Guys, I've had one glass of wine. Like, I really am just, like, know, spicy But it's tonight. been a week. It's not. It has kind of been a week. Like, honestly, I'm not. It, like, I don't know what's happening to me tonight. One, I know. Because we don't revisit Star Wars for probably close to a year. It's going to be a while before we get up to. Yeah, that's going to be in the 2000s. So we're in 1983. Mm. It's going to be a hot minute. And there's yeah. so much happening in the 90s. But. 
but yeah, three PO. Three PO is funny, man. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. And Han's like, "Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me right now?" <laughs> Luke is just like, "Oh, that's funny." <laughs> I did like everyone like. Like I think he, I think you noted this, Scott. Like everyone else is continuing to shit on him while the the Ewoks are worship worshiping him. Oh yeah, they just <laughs> treat him like an actual deity, which is like a complete one eighty to a treatment from everyone else. But Han still treats him like shit, bro. About like, to be cooked alive, yeah, and is still talking shit. He's still talking mad <laughs> shit. And then like when they finally on time, he's saying. like, we're gonna, we're gonna need to know how to get to the shield generator. And then 3PO starts to tell him, and then he pulls him back, he's like, and we're gonna need our weapons. And we're gonna need some supplies. And 3PO keeps trying to start talking about what he's talking about, and then Hoth's just like, what's taking you so long? Can you hurry it up? Oh my god, straight up, that scene doesn't make me laugh, it makes me angry, because like, like my dad legit does that to me. Oh my god. Sorry dad if you're listening but you know it's That's true so and then he awesome. laughs. But like he legit does that and he's like would you deal with it already? Like what the fuck? And I'm like are you kidding me? Like you have to let me off the fucking phone. And he's like well it's been an hour. How come it's not done? And I'm like because you're still talking. But anyway dad I love you. That's I'm amazing. Sure, I'm I love sure he has too. not made it this far into an episode. <laughs> so I'm like but there, there's like a 2% chance that he listens to one of the Star Wars ones. Like when he when he does listen he's like send me the Star Wars. No. Okay, I'm I'm here for you. Anyway, dad. my dad's like friend. 72 and I love him to death and he's just, just like That's amazing. A mess sometimes. I love you dad. You're crazy. So speaking of numbers, let's get down to the uh to the breakdown of this. I want to know since you've been you've been kind of in the you know, in the in the hot seat for this all night. What did you give this movie? I've been the hot seat tonight. I've you been, have been the hot seat. I have been, you've been the you've been the volcano behind the White Tower. I can't tell you the name of that volcano on account of spoilers. I know. Motherfuck mother it was in there and it was oh all the foreshadowing, dude. I'm not on my okay. Anyway, the wheel of time there. matters. Um I yo. I gave this thing an eight initially because I was like trying to be nice to you. I literally wrote it. I was like, because I love Scott, I'm stretching this as far as I can to an eight. But then I saw your rating and I was like, thank fuck. So I brought it down to a 7.5, which despite my spice tonight, which really is coming mostly from a place of like just being a little the bit beginning spicy of the movie. tonight. And, yeah. Well, and also just, I don't know. I'm just kind of spicy right now. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, like it was, it was good. So I, I, it's not my favorite. Um, but the back half of this really, really helps. Like the Luke and Palpatine stuff works. I like how Luke's thing, like there is a dope, uh, lightsaber fight. Yeah. Which we didn't touch on, but like that does. Ha- I was surprised. I was like, "Oh shit!" One of the original movies has a lightsaber fight that's not garbage. That's awesome. So I, I kind of spaced that. So I enjoyed seeing that. I like the- platform boots. Right. Yeah. The well, no. So um, made him seven foot five, I think. Well, no, no, no. So in that lightsaber fight specifically, that was his stunt double who was shorter. So he had to wear platform boots during the lightsaber fight so he could be as tall as the original actor. But it was like fast. Like it was different from Mm -hmm. the one in in, like their fight in Empire. Like it was really, really good. I really liked that. Like even just the first one that only lasted like a second. I really liked it. And I liked that ultimately, even though we did get a dope lightsaber fight, Luke's challenge in the end really was very intellectual. And I liked that a lot. It's Mm -hmm. very Star Wars. It's like, okay, I kind of get why 
the gray Jedi turns you off so much. I really had that feeling when I was watching this of like, yeah, you know what? This is about a binary system. It is. Mm-hmm. And I really felt that watching this. And I feel like it's like the essence of Star Wars was occasionally present in this movie. And that essence is so good that, you know, overall the movie was good. And also the ATAT or whatever is pretty cool. Um, what's that thing called? Oh, the all-terrain armored transport. You're talking oh, about the dude, big, come uh, on. Give me the, the big walkers. Yeah. They're called ADATs. Yeah. The ATAT. Yeah. They were way more present in empire. I'm surprised you're bringing them up now. Cause we only see one mm-hmm. once. Oh, wait, are you talking cool. about the, the little, like, two-legged walkers? Yeah, the one that oh, came in. Those are oh, those are ATSDs. Those are all yeah. scout troopers, or scout okay. transports. I like Those it. are chicken walkers. Those are called chicken chicken walkers, and those things are dope as shit. I love those. Yeah, I liked it, and I liked the CG party at the end, and I was mm-hmm. really happy. And I Actually, gave... sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I gave Vader a 10 out of 10. He's oh, fucking yeah. great. Yeah. That's it. Go on. I, um... So I have never really had a problem, nor have I ever really approved of the visual changes that the 2002 relaunch did. But I love the end of this one. I love getting to see the galaxy at large celebrating the downfall of the Empire. Coruscant, Naboo, Bespin, Tatooine. It's awesome because the original cut, which I also love because that's how I want my funeral to be. (laughs) um (laughs) uh it just it feels so much more impactful and it still connects you to the wider galaxy of star wars while reminding you like these people did this for all of these people it wasn't just for them which i think is a mark that was missed at the end of uh uh the the rise of skywalker because it doesn't end with a celebration like that it 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 you felt this like sigh of relief across the galaxy and you got to see it. Like these people were oppressed. These people are happy. Their life is different now. It's like one of the only scenes in all nine movies where it's like nailed in that the empire was bad. Like mm-hmm. for real. Right. Yeah. Cause that's, I love that question mark over star Wars. It's one of the most it interesting is. things about it. I think because it depends on where you grew up. If you grew up on the core world, you were raised to believe that the rebellion were terrorists and that's how they were labeled. If you read any of the Thrawn books, you literally root for the empire in oh, see all that, the I, Thrawn I could books. be into that. I could be into that. Isn't Coruscant in the main mm-hmm. systems, but they're yeah, cheering at the end. Yeah. That's so that's where you see them toppling the statue and throwing stormtroopers off the ledges. So they were happy. I thought yeah. they, I thought you said that they were, emperor people so yeah i mean they're still oppressed though like right. they're imperial citizens but the only people who were like yeah pro empire were like the upper echelon of people I see. like okay. the one percent of the empire sometimes it's easy to forget that like because it's such a big galaxy it's mm-hmm. like it's not just these planets are upper class or lower class like there's actually some differences oh, yeah. like in group yeah. differences on the planets yeah you kind of forget that So it's something that's been debated a lot in Star Wars is the actual size of worlds, because how do you how do pilots know to land at the same place every time? Like the the planet has to be smaller. Like, how did Obi-Wan just happen to land at the city that on Utapau that Grievous was hiding at? If he landed on Earth, he could have fucking landed anywhere. Grievous could have been hiding in Canada and he could have landed in fucking Taiwan. 
Right, I just assume he had information about where Grievous was. I, I like mean, Grievous. Grievous yeah, is cool. I love Grievous. Um, but that's it's one of those things where you kind of have to look at Star Wars planets more like cities than actual planets. Like Coruscant is New York. Right. Yeah, New and York so... has high sky rises and it's beautiful, but there are some shitty parts. Too. Okay, so that's what we're saying, though, is that even yeah. even though it is that sort of smaller yeah. scope, there is still um, some some in group differences. Mm-hmm. A civilian on a core planet is better than a civilian on an outer ring planet, but it's still not that great. Yeah, it's not going to be like woohoo, right? And all things being relative. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, what did you what did you guys give this? Uh, Chris, I'll let you go. Sure. Uh, so overall, the movie. I actually only really give it like a seven. It is, it is one of my least revisited star Wars movies of all time. And Mm. that includes some of the, that includes the, the prequels. Like I would, I revisit those a lot more than I do episode six. It's a good movie. I like the ending. The bad guys are sweet. Emperor. The emperor is obviously killer and you get a really good insight into him that you just don't get anywhere else. But It is kind of all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it is. And so, like, other than, like, maybe the last 45 minutes of the movie, which 30, I think are yeah, phenomenal. 40, yeah. 30, 30 45. Like, yeah. other than that, I can take it or leave it. So, because yeah. it's Star Wars and because it does fit into other things that are Star Wars, like the books and stuff like that, mm. I have to give it a higher grade. But, yeah, it's probably like a seven overall for me. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I think that's where I come into like, this is still an original trilogy movie for me. And it does offer the same level of excitement and emotion, you know, the intrigue and that fantasy aspect to it. But it is, it is at times, it is a jumbled gumbo of nonsense too. And I gave it a 7.75. And honestly, the thing that kind of boosted me over just a pure seven was how much of a character just the music was the the emotional aspect of vader's funeral pyre would be nothing without the john williams score or yeah the just low tone or the low draw on the cello uh when vader tells george aaron that the emperor's coming they also had a bit of music that was different at one point that i noticed Mm -hmm. And you know, I never noticed a lot of music, but there was one spot, I think it was when Vader died and they played music that I didn't feel like I had heard. Like it wasn't anybody's theme and it like gripped me because it was obviously it's great. It's John Williams. And I don't know what it was. Do you know what, what I'm talking about? So yeah. And it's actually a slower version of in the, in the score, it's just called death star battle part two. And it's when, uh, Vader's walking underneath the rafters and he's like, if you cannot be turned to the dark side, then perhaps she will. And then Luke is like, no! And that emotional, like, violin playing, it's that song slowed down. That's awesome. Yeah. I really, really noticed it. Like, that, and I mean, all the music was great, but that, like, that was so different in that, like, super important scene. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I noticed that a lot. Yeah. And actually, what's really funny, this is my last little fun fact for you before I let you take us out of here. If you pay attention close enough, when Luke is having his heartfelt moment with Vader, you can hear blaster fire going off in the background of the Death Star. 
if you actually break down what that means, it means that stormtroopers are turning on each other and their superior officers to try and escape the Death Star. They are literally killing their friends and their comrades to get off the Death Star. Ew. So there's mm-hmm. like ugh, like a horrible like the the part of the Titanic reality of what's actually yeah the actual reality of what's going on around you yeah, yeah. Pretty, that would wacky. that would totally I do have one question though and I don't know if you know the answer Scott mm. obviously they added in Anakin as a Force ghost oh my god my Correct. favorite part yeah. of this movie <laughs> but yeah. hands fucking down is if, Anakin if Anakin gets to essentially come back as a younger him as a force goes why the fuck is kenobi and yoda old as shit so i actually do have an answer for this i'm really kind of glad that you asked this i'm surprised Lindsay didn't originally anakin was played by sebastian shaw who uh actually he, he, he was always here right it, there was always, was always a there, version yeah. of anakin originally it was just the man in the suit that anakin ta- or luke talks to it was that actor sebastian shaw just in Jedi robes, standing next to Obi-Wan and Yoda. So, the actual canonical answer is Anakin technically died at that age. Mm, That makes sense, because, yeah, Anakin's dead. It's only Mm -hmm. Vader now. And he rejoins the Force and rejoins his connection to the light where he basically left off. And so he comes back at the point where he was the best of himself. I'm so okay with that. Okay. That's a retcon okay. that is like fine with that, me. That yeah, makes that sense. Makes That's sense. Fine. Yeah. It's my favorite part of the movie because Hayden Christensen, like as a concept, is hilarious to me. Yeah. Like his character in the prequels is hilarious to me. Just his, showing up. His distaste for sand, his inappropriate so, relationship with Padme. It's like everything about him makes me just like it, i'm not being serious obviously like, no i there's know there's a whole conversation to have about funny. anakin but like on a surface level like it's ri- really just everything about him as a character makes me laugh and i'm like the fact that they bring him back here and i'm like this asshole dude do you want a cherry on top of the hilarity cake you're you're eating right now yes hayden christensen knew absolutely nothing about what lucas was doing when he was filming those scenes he didn't know oh why he you was can, filming those you can tell yeah, he's just like, ah, I'm here. <laughs> like, he's just standing yeah. there. He has no emotion on his face. Like, <laughs> I remember. Really doesn't. Like, the original one at least, like, looked like. I always remember as a kid before the re release watching the original trilogy mm-hmm. and seeing Anakin there and being like, this is what Anakin would have looked like if all these bad things wouldn't have happened to him. And now that he's like dead and with the yeah. light and whatever the fuck, like he's with the force now. And that means that he gets a chance to like be like he would have been if he wasn't a robot for reasons. Cause the prequels haven't come out and we're like, I don't know why he's a robot, but he is. And you yeah. know, all of the no things, one knew right? by that point, yeah. but he had like a look on his face that was like emotional. And he was like happy to be in a better place and get to see mm-hmm. Luke succeed and dance with the Ewoks. And Hayden Christensen just has this like, resting bitch face deadpan of like i don't he know what's going on dude he genuinely is just standing there like uh, it's I the mean, best part I, of that, that is that is the perfect sound just uh, uh yeah, <laughs> he's just kind of like i mean he's am i being paid for this oh my can God, i check my guys. phone real quick <laughs> it's so funny like i it actually is. am like 
tearing laughing right now like I'm like yeah. then i will let you take us out of here can you believe he's gonna be like in more star wars like we're he is and he's yep. older now so he's gonna be in honestly i think the only time they're gonna show him in the obi-wan show and well and now he's confirmed to be in the ahsoka show it's gonna be flashbacks he he won't they won't if they do in the obi-wan show they'll put him in the suit i don't think they'll uh, i don't know anything about the show i when hope it takes they place. still they make the Obi-Wan show like a Western because be. a lot of his books are very Western. Like they are the whole Kenobi book is a Western. Yeah. He's just this weird nomad cool. dude in the <sighs> desert. It's so good. When yeah, is this supposed to take place? Like when he's on Tatooine, like when Luke's growing so, up. So I think if memory serves me correctly, Luke is about 10. Will he, will he feature in the show? Of course he will. Probably he'll have a cameo or that's how it'll start. It'll just start with Obi-Wan looking over the, the Lars homestead. Mm-hmm. and that that'll probably be how it starts and that's how we'll know like what we're looking at and shit that makes sense Ugh, i'm like i'm sure it's gonna be great but also like give me something new but also i'm gonna stop yeah. beating a dead horse <laughs> but but overall i do think that anakin like coming back is yeah. hilarious so i will i assume you guys all gave vader 10 out of 10 just yeah no i forgot to mention that um vader is not the villain in this not no, at all. I mean, he does not. The only villainous thing he actually does is taunt Luke about how Leia being discovered is the final failure of Obi Wan. I guess that's fair. I, you know, having been reminded of the Emperor, I still stand by my 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. I gave it an 8 out of 10 because the Emperor was like phenomenal, but nothing beats Empire Vader for me or Rogue One. Even Vader, Rogue but I One. Can't even, I yeah. can't include uh, that one yet. Not yet. Yeah, I can't put that one in. That's here my favorite Star Wars movie. Mm hmm. Because it's because it's so pretty. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys for sticking with us through this very spicy night for me. And uh, yeah. I hope I I hope I haven't uh, sullied Star Wars or lost lost my good place in your graces. You guys, I hope that we can all still tolerate me when we get to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Oh, that's that's the other thing I'm really excited about. I'm I'm really really stoked for that. Yeah, it's I, I will I will give you space to tear some of that shit apart. In the, no, in that's the fine. Because um, I feel like I was harsh on this movie. <laughs> no. But um, that's just I don't know. It's just where my brain's at tonight. So that's fine. Thank I'm you guys for, for sticking with us for the spicy night. Um, we're gonna be coming back with you tomorrow it's gonna be pretty much back-to-back -back episodes tonight we'll be back tomorrow with wheel of time episode five we'll have the show spoilers review all of the book spoiler review out before the new episode next week that might move to earlier in the week we'll see and as far as everything else goes oh my god yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but guys hmm. we have something so special for you next week yeah we do tell the people about it scott in honor of not only my love for spider-man but also Spider-Man No Way Home coming out in and two just weeks. Unmitigated hype. And just yeah, absolute just hype in general. We're gonna be doing a uh, Spider-Man primer for you guys to basically recap where all these villains were, wh what they've been doing, what happened to them. But also, come on, we're not stupid. Like what the Spider-Men were doing, mm -hmm. like where we left them. So if you guys have questions, if there's something you want to know about the movies, <clears throat> if there's a Venom specific question you want to know, lay it on me. Please let us know. We will put that shit out. Um, any questions you want, we'll answer them during the episode if we get them. 
Um, but yeah, be on the lookout. We're doing a Spider-Man primer for next Friday, a week ahead of No Way Home itself. Indeed. And what it's looking like, and Scott and I are working on the details and we will get back to everybody, but it's looking as though um, we'll be ending season one of this podcast pretty soon as we come up towards the end of this year. So a lot of the timeline stuff may go on hold. That includes the Dalmatians extravaganza as we come up on the holidays, but trust that we will be back to the timeline in January with the Dalmatians extravaganza. But during the rest of this month, look out for the rest of the wheel of time. Every week we'll have show spoilers and book spoiler episodes. We'll have the Spider-Man primer. We'll have a Spider-Man review. We're going to have a Christmas episode out in which we intend to compare all the adaptations of Christmas (laughs) Carol. Carol. Yep. We know which one's best, but we'll still give it the benefit of the doubt for a comparison. Um, and we'll have a Hawkeye review out probably like right at the end of the year. And then we'll be mm-hmm. back to all of the timeline stuff. So there's just so much happening right now. I mean, the Witcher comes out on the 17th. We haven't even oh talked my God, about I that. Forgot. Oh, yeah. also because we are talking about it and I did mention, I didn't mean to mention this earlier. Um, because we love reviewing shows that we know you guys love. And obviously we love too. We'll be moving from Hawkeye and the Disney plus show. Cause I do feel like there are a lot of decent Disney plus shows that we cover. Um, not looking at you what if um we will also be deciding whether or not we're going to do an episode by episode review of the book of boba fett or if we're going to do what we're doing for hawkeye and just do a season or a series review yeah i was going to ask you about that too because i've been thinking we're probably going to do i leave that in your capable hands that's up to you thank you i will get down um, but there is a lot of new stuff coming in December, basically, is the takeaway here. And we're going to be focusing on that and coming back to the timeline in the new year. So look out for all kinds of exciting stuff. Stick with us for all of this Wheel of Time content. This has been so much fun the last it couple has. of weeks. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Uh, you know, everybody that's that's hanging out with Lindsay on social media and you know, everybody that wrote back about ET and, you know, everybody that's just been listening to us, it, it really means a lot. Chris, it means a lot having you here. Uh, you know, glad to be that, here. Thank you. I, you know, I, that's probably the nicest thing I've ever said to you, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, thanks everybody for everything. Stick with us. Um, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can email us at go behind the timeline at Gmail. You can catch us on Instagram at go behind the timeline at Twitter at behind timeline. And we do have a website up that's in the description. We'll put it in the description for the episode Mm -hmm. as well as in all of the social media stuff. So check us out there and subscribe and stay nerdy. And we will see you guys like tomorrow. (laughs) The wheel of time gets stoked like really soon. We'll see you again. Yeah. Don't even go to sleep. Yeah.